Hello and welcome to another episode of the Big MX Radio Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Racetech. Racetech Gold Valve's pretty much a revalve in a box. Don't believe me? Call them up yourself or shoot them an email, and you're going to save some money when you mention Big MX Radio. You're going to save 10% off of your service as well as the parts that are going to make your bike handle better on practice day or if you're heading off to the races. Same goes for Luxon MX. Luxon MX is not just another triple clamp company. They are engineers passionate about redesigning the status quo. You can save 10% on Luxon MX with Big MX at checkout on their website. Speaking of discounts, an amazing product with great customer service. Have you checked out Guts Racing? Andy Gregg over there, fantastic guy with great product. And like I said, the customer service is second to none. You can save 20% off Guts Racing with Big MX20 at checkout, so go check out those guys. You need a brand new set of wheels for your bike. You do. You absolutely do for no other reason than to make your bike look that much better. But on top of that, your bike is going to have lighter wheels that are stronger than before, and that means when you're coming up short on jumps like I do, or you're going a bit long like I do, your bikes are going to not look so egg-shaped like yours do right now, and they're going to be stronger, lighter. Lighter wheels means more horsepower to the ground when you crack that throttle. When you mention Big MX Radio with WSA, you're going to save some money. You're going to save 15% off of your entire purchase price, and that is huge on a set of wheels on even an edge set of wheels, which I think is their most price-conscious setup that they have, you're saving no less than $75 off those wheels. That would be unbelievable. Faction Supply is awesome for gloves as well as apparel for off the bike. You're going to be looking good in the pits with some Faction Supply hoodies, hats, t-shirts, you name it, and their motocross gloves are unbelievable. They're really, really great gloves. Honestly, like gloves is something that a lot of people will wear and they want to have them for the same for a long amount of time. They get used to them. They'll wear them to death. Faction Supply gloves are exactly that for you. And they've got some really cool colors that you're going to love. And this is what you're really going to love. With Big MX Radio at checkout, it's going to save you 30% off your bill. That's right. 30% savings with Faction Supply, go to the website, check out their stuff, get yourself a hoodie, get yourself a hat, and grab yourself some gloves, and uh, yeah, head off to the track, saving 30% off of your purchase. I want to give a huge shout out to Troy and Sandra over at Maple Ridge Motorsports in Maple Ridge, British Columbia, the most amazing dealership in all of Canada. They are a KTM dealer, they're a Kawasaki dealer, and they are your dealer when you're looking for anything for the bike or body. Go check those guys out. They are friendly staff that are experts in everything that you need to enjoy two-wheel acceleration, and that, that what, that's what makes them the family fun store. Go check those guys out. The website is really, really helpful, and if you happen to walk through those doors, you will be very pleasantly surprised. They do amazing work. So, and once you get once you get your brand new helmet for this season, and let's be honest, you probably need a brand new helmet. We have probably enough time for you to send that helmet to my buddy Josh Gray at Shades of Gray and get your helmet personalized, get your name and number on the back, maybe get your number on the sides like they used to do back in the day. Uh, that actually used to be a rule back in the day. You had to have your number on your helmet. It was part of AMA rule, uh, not just because it looks cool, but Shades of Gray is extremely reasonable and they do awesome work. Go check those guys out. Quick turnaround time and uh, yeah, set yourself apart with a, with a custom painted helmet. And like the custom painted helmets you've probably seen on the Team Solitaire team with those Yamahas. And recently they, they did a collab 
with Heartbeat Hot Sauce. In fact, Heartbeat Hot Sauce has been sponsoring that team all year long as basically their uh, title sponsor for the team. They're on the shroud every single round, and they're also in almost every single meal that I've been cooking nowadays. You as well as I know, I absolutely love hot sauce, and that's why I had to bring on Heartbeat Hot Sauce as a uh, sponsor for the podcast. They are awesome people. It's one of the coolest brands that I've ever worked with. And like motocross or non-motocross, period. Like the people who run the company, they're actually running the social media. Like when you when you direct message them on social media, you're literally getting the owner of the company who's responding to your DMs, which is a very rare thing for a brand that does such amazing work. And they honestly produce some great products. Uh, if you're a hot sauce fan, you need to check those guys out. They're available on Amazon. They're available through the website. And also they're available at my local grocery store. So I'm super stoked on that, guys. I'm stoked on this podcast with none other than Travis Souls. Hopefully, you guys really enjoy this podcast, but let's get straight to it. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt. With us on the line, a guy who's been on the show three times prior to this, but we've never had him on after a 450 class Supercross win because he just got his very first one as a mechanic this last weekend. Welcome to the podcast, Travis Souls. Hey, how's it going? Things are going great, man. They have to be going great for you. In fact, I think the first time that we had you on the podcast was just shortly after you, I think, I believe you got your first podium uh, in the Supercross with Brock Tickle, or was with, was that with Berlut back in the day? Nope, that was with Brock. That was in uh, 2017 uh, yeah. Toronto Supercross. Yeah, that, like, my, I believe that was the last time, unfortunately, we went to the Toronto Supercross. Uh, I was on hand. Um, it was bitterly cold, but uh, you guys were absolutely on fire, getting yourselves a podium. Uh, Brock was riding great. Uh, you were spinning the wrenches, and uh, yeah, man, it's been a long time coming. Uh, one thing hasn't changed, though. You're still spinning wrenches on Suzuki. Yes, yes. Still uh, been on a couple teams since then, but uh, most of it has been uh, working on Suzuki's, and I'm a Suzuki lover at heart, and everybody gives them bad rap, but they are a good bike. I feel like there's a lot of misplaced or uh, a lot of uh, criticism that gets thrown around in the sport of motocross where people don't fully understand really the core of, of what the, the situation really is. They just would, they'd like to sort of cast some stones based on how they feel about a certain something or at least what the, what the narrative has been so far, and they want to sort of pile on top of that. But that's not really what we're here to do. We're here to congratulate you on your very first victory in the 450 class as a, as a, as a mechanic, uh, you working with um, Ken Roxon. Like, if I had quizzed you six months ago, so Travis, what are you going to be doing in six months from now? You probably would have said you'd be knuckle deep in, uh, in, a, in a bike in your garage uh, scheduling your next session to do the Motomedic uh, uh, clinics where you've been teaching people how exactly they can uh, acquire your skills in order to, uh, to spin the T-handles and, uh, and make the bike handling just that much better uh, for themselves, you probably wouldn't have told me that you will be working for Ken Roxon, one of the preeminent and, and the most iconic uh, racers of the 2010s, uh, and here also in the 2020s. Um, like, it, it's been quite the, the turnaround for you, and, uh, and, and well-earned, I might add, as well. You've been working hard at this for a long time. Yes, thank you. And yeah, you are absolutely correct. If, if you look back six months ago, I mean, I was, I'd was i obviously still be working on bikes um, at HEP. I probably would have still been working with Brandon Hartraft. Um, he's he's healing up now. That was kind of a hard one to, to take, but uh, yeah. shout out to him and loved working with him last year. We had a lot of good times. And um, But yeah, it's it's crazy to just sit back and think of, you know, even 
three months ago. This was even a we were talking and, you know, Ken got a hold of me and said, Hey, I think I'm going to come and ride the bike. And I was like, dude, there's yeah, come and ride it. Absolutely. But like, I'm thinking there's no way that he's going to, that he's going to want to come back here and not nothing, taking nothing away from the team or anything. It's a solid team, solid program, but I just thought it was a long shot. And um, yeah, he came and rode the bike and we, um, we got along from like back in 2016 when we both were at RCH days. So that was kind of easy, like the transition for him to a new team and the transition for me into a new rider. It was, it was pretty flawless for me and him because we had already, you know, had that relationship from before. So um, yeah, it's, it's crazy. See, that's one thing that a lot of people, I don't know if they, they fully knew before seeing the two of you guys work together is that there was some history there. Uh, obviously you were working with Tick but, and he was working with somebody else. Um, I heard who was you working? Uh, Oscar Weirdeman was. That's right. Oscar was there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there was some history there, some chemistry between the two of you. Um, how quickly did that sort of like rekindle and you guys could uh, uh, really start to communicate well? Um, because though it may not be as vital as it was uh, in like box fan days when it was it was Brian Lunas and uh, uh, Rick Johnson against the world uh, or something along those lines. But uh, I think that there's, the relationship between rider and mechanic is still a very important part of making these guys feel comfortable because you as well as I know, when when these riders are at their most comfortable, that is when they can make the most special things happen on two wheels, and that's really what we're after. Oh, yes, absolutely. And um, I mean, I, I still to this day think that there has to be more than just a rider mechanic. I'm You're just my rider and I'm just a mechanic and we don't talk during the week or um, – you can ask anybody that I've worked for. I mean, I'm, I still talk to a lot of them, you know, at least once or twice a week, we still get dinner. We still, you know, like that, that to me is just as important as, you know, being a decent mechanic too. Like obviously you, you have to build a bike right and have, you know, zero issues or as very few as you can. But um, yeah, just to get the, just to get the trust. And Kenny was working with Jordy. I think he was at Honda for what, six years. So I mean, that, that relationship, they knew each other really, really well. So, I mean, the first couple of weeks we were talking and joking around, but like, I was still kind of feeling him out and I'm, you know, I'm sure he was still kind of feeling me out. And I just, you just put your head down and what do you want? What do you need? I'm the guy you go through now. You come to me and I will make anything happen. So. Yeah. And you've been doing exactly that. My friend, um, a guy who's been spending, he spent a lot of time around dirt bikes over the years, my friend. I remember when we originally uh, talked, I think I went all the way back through your Instagram at the time, going all the way back to back when we used to put ridiculous filters on our Instagram posts. And um, your history of, of breaking these bikes down, making them work better, um, is long and, uh, and distinguished. And the thing that always comes to mind with me when I, I think of uh, Travis Soul is just integrity. Somebody who puts his best foot forward the best he can every single day of the week, twice on Sunday. And, and what that turns into is somebody who dots his eyes, crosses his T's. And um, I, I really got ahead of you, man. Like, I don't want to just completely blow you the entire podcast, but um, what you've been <laughs> able to accomplish uh, so far uh, and the relationships you've been able to build uh, in, a, in, a, in an industry where relationships is so important, you've done a great job of that. Thank you. I really appreciate that. That means a lot. For sure, man. Like, uh, so we're starting to work with Ken. Obviously, like, I, I sort of see, like, when you graduate from from a, a say, like, there's different levels of riders, and that's just the way it is. Yep. There's, there's privateers, there's good privateers, there's uh, maybe your B level uh, factory rider, and then you have your marquee guys, guys who are at, in opening ceremonies every single every single race. 
uh, and they're on 90% of the, the, the magazine covers and all that fun stuff. And I sort of see yep. taking on a job like that as like um, working for the next biggest company. Or if you're working on for one company, you go work for a, a, a bigger company. Um, it elevates your performance because that's what's demanded of you. Maybe uh, somebody who like the, the guys further back in the order, they're not as demanding of their, their crew chief, of their, uh, their suspension guy or their mechanic as they are at the very top because they demand a lot from themselves. They demand a lot from those around them. Um, what has working with Ken Roxon made you better as a mechanic? I mean, it's made me better in a lot of ways. Um, one of the main ones too, is just to see how much of a family man that he really is as well. You know, he's always got his wife there. He's always got his kids there or his kid there. Um, and just to see how much hard work he can put in. And then as soon as he takes the helmet off, comes off the track and showers, he's now dad again. Doesn't take any, if he has a bad day, he doesn't take that home with him. That, that got me right away. So that just, that made me want to be that guy as well. When I come home, we have a bad weekend or a long week or I'm, you know, I'm overtaking the shock off this bike 46 times. As soon as I leave, that stops, you know, and I, I still have a family life. Because before, you know, before you have a family and all that, you, you just don't think about that. It's just work, 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 work. And I still work, 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 work. But it's just nice to have something else to, to come home to as well. And then, you know, just, just the fact of, I mean, the way I build my bike, I build his bike exactly the same way I built Brandon's bike last year. Nothing, nothing's changed on that part of it. Like my job, it takes the same amount of work to build a first place bike as it does to build a 30th place bike. And tell you what, it's a hell of a lot more fun winning. I can tell you that. I, I would believe in that. Uh, and uh, yeah, those guys are, are really special when they're able to, to put the bike up front and uh, get the good starts, which he's, he's been getting really, really good starts. And that's got to make you feel good as a mechanic to see like the, the bike that I put together, I touched every single bolt on that damn thing. And, uh, and it's out there leading and you, you must've been sweating bullets. You probably lost 45 pounds during that last moto. Uh, and also probably like, yeah, I don't think, like, do you have a single fingernail left after those last two laps? Um, no. hoping that, no. uh, Barsha no. doesn't get them. I don't think, yeah. Yeah, I don't think anybody on the team has a fingernail left. And, I mean, I'd like to say it made my hair fall out, but that happened a long time ago, so. Yeah, no kidding. I, like, I, I have no fingernails just because I have a bad habit. But, um, <laughs> yeah, if, if, if it's Ken's habit to keep uh, keep the bike at the front of the, uh, the pack, you won't have any either. Um, tell me a little bit about working with uh, Dustin Pipes. Uh, this is an individual who has, uh, has bettered himself um, with racing and education and hard work. Every single year that he's been a part of the, of the series, uh, he was a great privateer. He was a hardworking privateer. He was a, a privateer who worked great with a lot of great sponsors, building those same relationships uh, that he's able to still cultivate today. Um, like any time that you saw him on uh, on Race Day Live or on the broadcast, they mentioned that he was in school for sports marketing, and he parlayed that into what he's uh, built today, uh, which is a team that started from extremely humble beginnings, that is that has swung the axe, Every single time that they've come to the races, done the work, supported the right people, brought in the right kind of people to build their motorcycle, and now they have a Supercross win. Um, I'll be reaching out to him later on this week as well. Uh, but just speak to the to working with Dustin Pipes as somebody who, um, very much like yourself, is just a hardworking individual who loves the sport. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that whole family is great. Like, just to see – I'm just proud to just see, you know, where they've come. I mean, this – the the team has grown, I mean, 
huge just in the last two years since I've been there. But um, I can remember Dustin. I mean, I've been following racing pretty much my whole life, and I can remember his name. I never knew him, but I knew, you know, obviously you see his name and, you know, you you see him on TV and, you know, you see like his social media and all that. And where our relationship started was three or four years ago, whenever they got the twisted T thing, um, after outdoors, I turned my bike down. I think it was on Rocky mountain at the time. It was 2021. Um, get my bike all tore down afterwards. And I'd go over there and I'd grab a twisted T out of their cooler. They said, come over anytime, grab a twisted T. And every time I'd go over there, Dustin and his dad would be like, so when are you going to come work for us? So when are you going to come work for us? I'm like, Oh, I don't know. Like I'm, I got this going on right now. I said, I'm, I'm going to be free at the end of this outdoor season. And they said, before you sign anything, you come to us. We want to talk to you. So all season long, all season long, I'd go over there and we'd grab a tea and Aaron would come up and shake my hand. Dustin would come up and shake my hand. And they were just, just the most humble people, you know, and they're like, Hey, if you just want to come over and have a tea and this doesn't go anywhere, no problem. You can have as many teas as you want, but give us a chance to, to get you in, and uh, try and bring some of your some of your Suzuki knowledge. I mean, I've been around Suzuki's most of my career, and um, yeah, we ended up ended up sitting down. And this was last year, I think, like November time. We we signed a contract, and that's when I started with them. And I've I've had zero complaints. They're just such great people. When my family's around, if if I bring my wife and kids, they they come with open arms. Aaron's just like a like a grandpa to my kids, and like he's he's the one feeding them candy and then sending them home wide open to us. So that's that's pretty funny. Yeah, well, that, that's helping out. I, I do the same thing with my nieces. I am the funkle, uh, the fun uncle. Um, I got yep. way more energy than the, the rest of the uh, my, my my three other brother in laws, I guess you'd call them. Uh, they were all well into their forties. So uh, I chase the kids around and then yeah, fill them full of chocolate, give them back to my sister, and uh, yep. she just rolls her eyes at me. Um, but yeah, both both Dustin and his dad, great people, and uh, yeah, so a little bit of tea time uh, is all it took to bring you guys over. And uh, yeah, it seems like a match made in heaven. Uh, not only with Ken, but uh, your impact with uh, with Brandon Hartraft as well. Uh, it was extremely disappointing to see him get uh, get injured. I know you guys developed a good relationship as well. Yeah, yeah, we had a very very good relationship, and I mean, yes, very 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 unfortunate that that happened, and. Um, I mean, even last year we had a, we had a great season with him. Every weekend he got a little bit better, and another guy that was just not afraid to to put his head down and just do the work, and just completely trusted me. And I told him, I said, your bike is not going to fall apart. I promise you. You go out there and give it 110, this thing will last all the way through. So, yeah, we had a great year last year. Yeah, no, he he continues to get better and better. So, um, talk to me a little bit about transitioning uh like that time period transitioning ken onto the team obviously it was it was last minute ish like when that was last minute it was it was december like the if you guys were were testing a motorcycle or bringing him onto the team about a week after they usually shoot um like the the poster shots and stuff like that this was this was uh the 11th hour as far as uh, bringing someone onto the supercross team uh but it was all hands on deck um it was like which is obviously like through adversity, bring strength and all that fun stuff, and all as, as well as the fact that uh, to a certain point, like uh, the bike not might be exactly where we want it to be, but we got to race it, we got to do what we can. Uh, what were the adjustments made, um, and then how has the bike evolved to where it was then to what it is now? Because obviously he loved the bike when it first uh, when he first got on it, um, and then from there, 
there's like you, you have to turn it into a racing machine. You have to turn it into something that he can even still drop his lap time even further on. How did we get to that and eventually a win? Yeah, so um, he flew right from, I think, from the Paris Supercross, I think it was, showed up. We rolled the bike out. It was um, basically earlier that week, Chiz had tested a bunch of stuff, and we kind of we rolled out the best package that Chiz came up with, and that's basically what Kenny was going to start on just to just to ride it. And I go, I fire the bike up for him. Before he goes out, I said, hey, it's a brand-new bike. Just feel it out. You're not here to get a fast lap time. We're not here to, you know, just, just go out and have some fun. And he does one lap and comes over to me and goes, this thing's really good. I go, oh, yeah. I, and he goes, I can win on this. And I'm like, okay, awesome. So it's a good place then to we start, go yeah. From, yeah, so we go from, all right, he can go really fast for one lap. Okay, well, now we've got to do, what can we do to make him be able to be fast and comfy for a whole main event? So we put our heads down, and it was just, it was a lot of chassis stuff and a lot of suspension stuff. Um, not big changes, just different directions. You know, you got different suspension guys. They all have different, you know, you're all, um, you finally, you get to the same conclusion, but everybody does it a little bit different. Right. So, um, we just had to find the person and the, the way that they thought that clicked with Kenny. And, um, we went through a couple guys and they're, they're all really, really great suspension guys. And, nothing against them. Kenny just, Kenny knew what he wanted. And once we finally found it, it's, I mean, right now you can, I mean, it showed this weekend too. He just, the bike is completely different looking on the track too. Like for me to see what it looked like with him on it from day one to what it looked like at, you know, the 20th minute in that main, the bike is just, it works and he's pumped. Yeah. Obviously like the, 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 Post that came out shortly after he signed with the team. Uh, obviously, the, the bike looked good. Uh, the front end looked actually really stiff, and it was it was, a lot, it was honestly a lot different than I thought it would, especially knowing uh, how Chiz likes to set up a 450. Um, yep. But uh, like like when it, when it comes to like the chassis stuff and different suspension that's been on the bike since uh, you've had one like uh, you guys have like the, the team works with one uh, suspension tuning company. Uh, he's also had. Uh, uh, factory connection on there. Uh, what has yep. been that sort of genesis kind of rolling back and forth between those a little bit and then finding something that works? Um, yeah, it was, it was kind of a pain in the ass to begin with just cause I mean, he, he knows what he wants and every one of those guys is capable of, of building him what he wants. It was just, right. we were just running into this barrier and time was against us. I mean, we were yeah. testing, everybody's heard it. We were testing till seven o'clock at night, you know, before we went to the race and it was, you know, it was just, we were, we were so close, but yet it just felt so far away. And once we brought in uh, Matt, um, active ride suspension, who's been with Chiz, I think his whole career, um, just a guy who does it, you know, does suspension and he has a, a different idea, a different way to, to look at stuff. And um, Chiz trusts him and Chiz told Kenny, Hey, you, I just want you to, to try this stuff. And Ken got on. He's like, this is really good. Um, I, I think that I would like it this way. And he goes, how fast can you have the shock off? I'll change it right now. And we pull shock off. He does it. And he's like, this thing, this is insane. And I mean, that's what Ken likes. He likes somebody that's just like, let's do it. Let's change it. Whatever you need. Let's try something. Even if, even if I, in, even if on paper, it says it's not going to work. We're not on paper. We're on dirt bikes. So. Yeah. And you know what? I think that there, that kind of speaks volumes to uh, what so many guys feel is, is important. And, 
when it comes to being supported by a, a professional team is there's some guys who like maybe if I'm going in the wrong direction, I at least want my team to support me in like kind of going down a particular path and say like, you know what, it might not be better, but we're going to try it. And even if it doesn't turn out to be better, we tried it. Um, yep. And, and yep. for a lot of those guys, that's that's all they need is to feel like they are like their uh, their team manager or their team is in their corner uh, regardless. And I think there's been times like even when guys have been successful, I even think of a guy like. Um, uh, Ryan Villapoto, who won races in spite of the fact that he was backed by a, a Kawasaki team that, for the most part, was telling him no when the when he would he would choose or he'd ask to ride, try something else, or nothing was ever even offered. So, um, and I, I think that a lot of times Ryan Villapoto was able to win on, on I wouldn't say ill handling Kawasaki, but he certainly made up a, lo- a lot uh, more than it was uh, it was giving to him, and he he said so in interviews in the past. Um, like uh, working through stuff with Ken, that kind of actually immediately worked, like kind of reminds me of a situation and like, forgive me if I'm uh, uh, mistaken, but were you not with uh, two, like the 2-2 uh, racing program when Chad came yep. back on, on Huskies and you guys were at... Uh, uh, not, not, not when he came back on Huskies. We first, we started the season, in the one last, or the last rides tour in 20 on Hondas. Right. Yep. Okay, because there was one year where Chad was, went to the Lake Elsinore Supercross track, and I was there with Cian Cirillo and um, um, te- like uh, t- Dakota Tedder, and they didn't they didn't roll out of there until 9 p.m. It was pitch black outside. Yep. And that is like is that is that not on brand for Chad? <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. But the thing like the thing with Chad is like even, even when I worked for him. You know, a lot of people say he's nuts or he's a pain in the ass, and he, really he was, but I had so much fun working for him and learned a lot from him because every time that he would want to change a clamp or change of this or change of that, I would question him why he wants to change it, not because I didn't want to change it. I just want to know what he was feeling, and he was always he was always thinking ahead. Well, the track's going to come in. You know, it's going to start here. It's going to end here. Let's set up the bike to the end of the race, and nine times out of ten, he was right. The bike got better. Yeah, there you go. You have to uh, you have to believe them if, if, uh, if there's fruit uh, from from all the the, the, the work you're putting in. Um, so, like, tell me a little bit about like the the night itself. Did, was there anything different about Ken uh, on this last Saturday? Like, obviously, he's able to get the win. He's always had speed. Um, some nights he just looks better than others, just as far as the eye test. He's like he's moving over the bike more. Uh, he looks more confident in his in his rolling his turns and stuff like that. He's trusting the front end a little bit more. But was there anything that you saw prior to rolling out for that main event that that, that uh, let you know that he had uh, more of a chance of winning than usual? I think it started um, right after Daytona. So the, the whole team stayed out there in Florida for the whole week and just being around at the track at uh, the Sandbox all week and just seeing him just be able to just ride and not test and just – if he's out – throwing a bike upside down, doing whips, jumping 180 foot jumps. Did you see that video? I don't know if you've seen that. Yes. Okay. So he comes over to me and he's like, yes. He goes, what do you think? And I go, I, as much as I want to see you hit this thing, cause it's cool. I really don't think you don't need to like, there's no, there's nothing here that, that needs to do that. He goes, okay, I'm going to do it. Just takes off. I'm like, all right. <laughs> so he goes and does it and he comes over and he goes, that's why we ride dirt bikes. That just made my nuts go, oh, you know, like that, that made me feel alive again. And then to just, to have that good week and then 
as much as I've been around him, if he shows up Saturday morning and he's laughing, having a good time, we're going to have a good day. And it was just, there was something about it. I just, I, I could feel it. He's had a good relationship or a good result in Indy before. Um, he started the day off well. We qualified really well. The heat race went good. And I just, as soon as he pulled the whole shot, I, I don't know if anyone has a picture of it or anything. I just, I just looked up and I just said, this is the night. And yeah, he, he made it happen. He is, he is one bad dude. Yeah, under unbelievable amounts of pressure with uh, by uh, Justin Barcha, somebody that he has done so many laps around over the last 15 years. Those guys have battled tooth and nail. They, they were in the same class as Loretta's on one year. Uh, they battled for, for championships in the 250 class, the 450 class, you name it. The number of times those guys have traded paint is absolutely unreal. Um like, and how, how close are you with, with his mechanic? I, I can't remember who spins the wrenches for him right now, but, uh, like, yeah, that's, it, in pit lane there, like, what, are, you, are you guys looking at each other and, like, mean mugging each other, or is it, like, kind of half celebration? No, it's awesome. So, I actually, I worked with him in uh, 2021 at Rocky Mountain. His name's Cody Champagne. Okay, right. Um, he, worked, he worked for Justin Vogel and then uh, went to the gas gas thing, and we're, we're close. We talk to each other three times a week. When we're down in the mechanics area, like, I'm – I'll reach over and write high on his pit board or we'll bump into each other. Or, you know, just, we just always mess around. And, um, as soon as he was the first person when Kenny crossed the line to come over and give him a hug, cause he was standing right next to me. Cause we were, we were bumping into each other the whole race. I'm like, get out of here. He's like, you move. We're like laughing at each other, having a good time. And he's the first person that, you know, just gave me a hug and said, you earned this. This is, this was you. So. I like it. Uh, it's good camaraderie down there. Like there's some guys yeah. who, they're like oil and water. Uh, some would be surprised to find out, like back in the day, like Leroy McCollum and uh, uh, Toner Berluti were like, they worked for Suzuki forever. They're both synonymous for working for Suzuki, but I don't think they were ever really buddies at all. Um, no. No. And like same thing with uh, like Ali Seymour and um, McGrath's guy, Skip Norfolk. Like they were like the pinnacle and they both worked for unbelievable racers, but they, they I don't think either one of them had each other on the, uh, the Christmas card list. It's cool to see some camaraderie down there. And uh, at the end of the day, it's racing dirt bikes and you guys are having fun doing it. Yeah. And that's what I always tell everybody. I mean, you can, you can ask anybody from the day I started doing this till right now. Like I, I haven't changed. This is what you get. I'm always smiling. I'm always in a good mood. I'm the first person to tell people if you're having a bad day, call me with, you know, whatever. Um, but I mean, if you, if you don't enjoy it, you shouldn't be doing it, right? And I think there's a couple guys that I just see them, they're never smiling. They're always just in a pissy mood. And I'm like, change it. If you don't want to do it, change it up. But, yeah, a lot of us, I mean, I, I get along with a lot of the guys. And I just keep it light and like to keep it fun. So. Yeah, no, no, no offense to those guys, but uh, making a living in the motocross industry is way too hard to have a shitty attitude. <laughs> exactly. It's, I mean, I've, I tell this to every, every person I talk to, like, you don't do this for the money. You don't, you do it cause you love working on dirt bikes and you, and you wouldn't want to do anything else. And I, I absolutely love what I do. And I, I mean, I think it shows. It, it certainly does. It absolutely does. And uh, it also shows that uh, you know, your thing, you know, your way around a dirt bike when uh, Suzuki is, uh, is employing you for some boot camp stuff. We know you as the moto medic teaching some people uh, like myself, how to not over tighten their drain plug um, when it, on the, on the side of uh, a local track. Uh, but it looks like you're also going to be doing that for Suzuki as well. That's pretty cool. Tell me a little bit about that program. It looks like you guys are going to do a few dates. 
yeah, that's just something that, that just came up recently. And um, what they're going to do is um, actually on our first weekend that we have off uh, um, after Seattle, they're doing one in Tulare, California, I believe. And from, from what I've been told, it's anybody that owns a Suzuki um, current to as old as you want to bring it there. Um, they're going to let you in for free, free track entrance. You get to uh, come hang out with the, with the people on the team. You get factory mechanics for a day. You get riding tips for the day. You get fed. It's just a good environment. Um, I'm really, really, really pumped to, to be asked to be a part of it. And um, I, I can't wait to get this first one done and just see how it goes and um, learn from the first one as well and just try and make these, make these schools as, as good as it can be and just get everybody involved. I think it's an awesome thing that Suzuki's doing and I love that they, they keep trying to, uh, to make the brand better. So. That's excellent. Glad to hear it. And, uh, and glad to hear you're having more and more success with stuff like that. Last question I have for you, my friend, and it actually comes from, uh, my good, my good buddy, uh, Chris Riesenberg, who asked, oh, yeah. uh, how long was his trip to the Island after Saturday night's win? <laughs> Care to explain? Yeah. Of course he would ask that. I mean, for the people that don't know, I, I have an island called Souls Island, and it started back in the RCH days where if we had a good – obviously with Ken, we had a lot of good results. We'd, we'd go out and have some Long Islands. And now uh, I'm a little bit older. I will say I had about four Jack and Cokes at the truck afterwards and went back to the hotel, went to sleep, and rebuilt the bike on Sunday. Oh, I, I feel like I, I likely met you on the island because I'm not entirely sure if you recall because we were both – having a lot of fun, but, uh, Atlanta 2019, I think. Uh, okay. yes, there was a country bar. Dan Truman was there. There was vodka waters. Um, and yeah, I, I think at some point I may have, uh, yeah, maybe have kissed your head. So yeah, there's that. I, I, I actually kind of remember that as well. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Man. Good well, times. Good times. Yeah, well, you keep enjoying yourself uh, at the pinnacle of uh, of this beautiful sport that we love so much. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast to uh, to dis- discuss the wins. And um, yeah, like I think there are very well, very well could be some more in your future, my friend. Uh, you're, you're doing a great job, um, and uh, you're going to continue working hard at it. Thank you. Yeah, we got this first one, and um, we wanted to keep this thing going. Um, like I said, I'm going to keep keep working i know ken's gonna keep working i know the team's gonna keep working we're not just we don't just want one and done we want to see if we can back this thing up and and uh keep getting some results here so yeah if you ever need anything else out of me let me know definitely will well uh yeah you're gonna get another opportunity in just six days time uh travis souls here on the big mx radio podcast thank you so much for making some time my friend thank you i appreciate it awesome do not hang up just yet but for podcast sake we're gonna cut it off right there.